0: Welcome to Your Time In. I'm your host Adrian. Let's just jump in. So today we're going to be discussing uh, developmental. We have our guest, Mr. Brian Sutton.
1: How's everybody doing? How you doing Adrian?
0: Hey, I'm doing good. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm blessed. No complaints.
0: That's good, man. That's good. It's uh, It's been a long time since we had an actual conversation conversation.
1: It has. It has. And I'm actually glad that we're able to talk about this today.
0: Yeah. So tell us what you've been up to.
1: So I've been working on my doctorate and I've submitted my proposal. So this winter I should be Dr. Sutton instead of just Brian Sutton. I maintain and gain my license in Washington, D.C. So I'm a licensed mental health therapist and me and my younger brother have successfully opened up our own private practice that provides mental health therapy, specifically towards or geared towards the African American community. So those are the things that I've been up to lately.
0: Ask, what's it like to work for you with your brother?
1: It's actually a beautiful thing because we're on the same page. And I've actually talked to other people who have started their own practices in mental health as well. And they say that you need a solid team, but there's gonna come a point where you and your team aren't going to agree and it's going to cause tension. But because me and my younger brother, you know, we've known each other for so long and we're on the same page when it comes to the vision of the practice, we haven't quite ran into that tension yet, but it's actually a very, very good thing. Cause he's been doing counseling a lot longer than me. So I use him as a good resource and tool to like bounce ideas off of and to make sure that, I'm focused on what I need to be focused on because he has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to counseling.
0: Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. Uh, You know, to develop a legacy via family, Mm -hmm. not many people get to do that.
1: No and we're blessed. It was crazy. So he's a licensed clinical social worker. I'm a licensed counselor. So those are two different while they both can do mental health therapy, they're they're two different tracks towards providing mental health. But it's interesting that we went on two separate paths. We never had any intention of like coming together to do a practice, but as we got out there and educated ourselves and gained all this knowledge, we realized that it's not a lot of black therapists, let alone male therapists, period. So we decided to come together and go, well, since we're both doing the same thing, why not work together? So we started it, honestly, Adrian, on a whim. I called him up one day and I was like, why don't we just open our own practice? And he was like, what would we call it? I said, I don't know, I have to think about it. He sent me all these names. We picked one and then I went out and filed the paperwork for an LLC one day. Cause I was, I had free time and I said, "Why, why don't I just go ahead and start? And then when I did that, he got a logo and the business account i got the articles of organization we found an office and next thing you know it it started
0: yeah that's that's crazy like how everything kind of just balanced too even in the uh start of the organization itself with both of y'all taking equal parts it only no, it means-
1: is, you know it is cuz it started right before the pandemic so we didn't have an office space at first and we were just going to do virtual then the pandemic happened right when we bought our office so that we didn't couldn't even use it but we were paying rent on it And all of a sudden you know all things happen in god's timing right so right right when the pandemic started we thought that well we bought our office now we can't use it but everybody was comfortable with using online therapy at that, or at least zooms and facetime and teams Mm -hmm. like that so after a while we had already started that platform and people were comfortable with it so it actually worked out in our favor so we still have the office. We do online and face to face. However, more people like telehealth than they do like coming into the office.
0: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, I, I, I offer both too. Like I offer virtual and I offer in person. Mm-hmm. Right now with the numbers and everything going up, people are more comfortable virtually. But I feel like that's one of the positive things that came out of this whole pandemic because people are more comfortable being themselves in their own environment.
1: I agree. One thing that we have learned is this is that one it's opened it up to more people. For Mm -hmm. instance, most of the time people who before the use of automation, you had to find a therapist, drive there after work, come there after a long day or try to find a way to fit it in your schedule. Correct. Now, because of telehealth and the pandemic and everybody being comfortable with this type of platform to me, it's opening it up to people who didn't realize they had access to it before. And especially with the numbers going up, it's very, very simple. It's, at this point, it's never going away. People are always gonna have Zoom sessions, Zoom meetings. Literally the way of life in our culture is going to change. They're gonna have to try to figure out how to provide this more if they haven't already to be able to have these platforms in order to meet and speak with one another. How do you,
0: so Dr. Dr. Sutton, because we're going to go ahead and claim that segment how did you when i met you you were getting your master's correct what was the pursuit of the doctorate like what caused it what inspired it
1: so mainly it's the mentors that i had in my life i was going to just stop at my master's so there's a master's in counseling and then there's a doctorate in psychology all the psychology programs you have to meet face to face they don't have them online and that doesn't that's not conducive to a working adult schedule you'd have to basically quit your job in order to do pursue a doctorate in psychology so I went ahead and got a master's in counseling which is online and you can go to class so I met a couple mentors along the way my main mentor is Dr. Maiden um he's also my supervisor for my uh for me to get my hours to achieve full license in DC and he kind of guided me on the path where I wasn't even considering it Adrian I was just going to get my master's, get a license and go ahead and start doing it. He said, no, you need to go ahead and get your um, doctoral degree. So believe it or not, he helped me pick out my school. He motivated me to um, write the, uh, the essay to get in. And he also helped me prepare for the initial meeting with the dean of the program. I was just doing it, Adrian, just to see if it was going to fail. I was like, oh, I'll try, but it's not going to work. And no, it worked. And the dean let me in at Argosy University and it just kept going from there. And then I, I committed to just doing it because what most people don't know, I often say this when it comes to counseling, because my doctorate degree is going to be in counseling, education, and supervision. It's one whole degree. It's called a CES degree. But in short, we sum it up by saying a counseling education degree. It allows me to enhance my ability to counsel, to teach and supervise. But what I learned was my doctorate to me was easier than my master's because none of the material changed from my master's program to my doctoral program. All they did was put a bigger price tag on it and change the course number. So, what was, for instance, theories of counseling 500 in my master's, it became theories of counseling 600 for my doctorate with a bigger price tag. So, that's how I went from trying to get my master's to getting my doctorate. And it's honestly been a blessed journey. When I had that revelation that it's not it's no difference in the material other than how you write and they teach you how to supervise and teach that was the that was it so that's how I went from the masters to the doctor for me, right it was
0: an undergraduate I struggled like mm-hmm. straight up straight up struggle and then when I went to get my masters seven years later, something that an undergrad teacher had told me made more sense. She told me, I I submitted an assignment and I got a D that you can't support the research that you're given. You don't know how to do it yet. You're not right into it. You need to follow the instructions I gave you. And I was like, if, if there's nothing wrong with my theory, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: why am I getting a failing grade? Mm -hmm. Then when I went to get my master's, Everything just clicked. It was like, okay, I knew how to support it with research articles. I could have my own theories about things. I had to follow what other people said. I could create it, source it, research it. And then whatever that was, it clicked for me. So my master's degree, that was easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm still I'm still playing with the idea of a doctorate. Um, what's the balance? is back in the favor because right now I switched it to work-life balance. So I work, I got the podcast, I got the coaching business, but more importantly, I got the family. And so once I can get everything kind of leveled again, I'm going to pursue the doctorate too.
1: I would encourage you or anyone, if they can afford it, to do it. I have a lot of people who come to me who do counseling. They'll ask, should should I get a doctorate? This is my honest and humble opinion it's not hard the only thing is how you experience the growth in your writing they do scrutinize your writing more in a doctoral Mm -hmm. program so when i now that i'm at the actual dissertation part yes all those foundations of writing and supporting your your statements with research and finding the gap that you need to fill that definitely comes into play the coursework is simple however if you can afford it i would say do it if you cannot afford it it's not a burden financially that I would recommend anybody to bear because I'm Adrian. I'm I'm strictly just going to speak for uh mental health I yeah, can't, go ahead. every other field so in mental health if you know that all you want to do is see clients and you don't plan on teaching or doing research and even then you don't necessarily needed to do research it's just so people will listen to you more I wouldn't recommend anybody get a doctorate if they're a social worker or a, a counselor for the sheer fact that you can just save money become certified in so many other disciplines and still see clients it's not going to make a big change in your practice or how you see clients if you know you're going to want to teach and do research then yes now i've always liked to give a caveat to research because i came across um, a student when i was at Argosy university he had cited his own research and he only had a master's degree at the time So you can do research with just a master's degree. It's just when I say at a with a doctorate with the Ph.D. or the EDD and for those who are getting psychology with a PsyD behind your name, people tend to listen more. I noticed that. Mm -hmm. And that carries a big weight and burden for you. The weight and burden is this. The weight is that when people people are more likely to listen to you. So when you open your mouth they're going to stop and hear what you have to say the burden is you need to make sure that the next thing out of your mouth is worthwhile and intelligent because otherwise it's not just you that you're representing you're representing that whole field or even if you're just representing you there are people who are going to hang on the words that you say because you've been i guess accredited by people to have an understanding of what you're about to talk about is valid so you have to be mindful of that burden so if you want your doctorate just Adrian for you or anybody else I would say if you can afford it do it if you cannot afford it that doesn't mean that you can't market yourself because you said it yourself Adrian you have a podcast in your own business right Dr Shepherd may help you in another realm, but you found a way to still market yourself brand yourself and get your message out there so I would tell you that if it helps you of course do it oh yeah I I
0: feel I feel like if you have another chapter of your book like so for me i have the coaching and i have the podcast but a lot of people don't know like i'm certified in uh workplace mediation Mm -hmm. and so i love conflict resolution like that's Mm -hmm. my ultimate passion like if i could do anything in the whole world it would be able to help people solve and resolve conflict and so there's a um george mason has a program where you can get your doctorate in conflict resolution Mm -hmm. analysis. Um, So for me, that's like the ultimate chapter, like everything, every step would have led to that point for me. And so I would just say, I agree with you, is you have to balance it because if you don't know what your next step is, or you don't know that it's gonna change the chapter, you're gonna inherit a lot of debt for mm-hmm. something that's not going to take out the debt so it's, there's a balance in that but i did want to ask you um mm-hmm. why mental health like what got you into mental health what was that journey because i know you oh. and i know <laughs> i know some of your background and with and what you've been right. through. so if you could just expand on like how you started on that journey
1: no that's a beautiful question i'm actually glad you liked it it all asked that question i mean it all started when i was in high school um i had a really good experience um with a psychology class in high school it was offered as a, an elective because i went to the catholic high school in Highsville, Rome. so i loved that class and i fell in love with it when i took it and i wanted to pursue a career in it because what i was fascinated by how the human mind worked and then as i got older and transitioned to college I more so wanted to get a better sense and understanding of who I am and how I work. So therefore, when it came to mental health, it was a curiosity about me. And then when I learned about the things that affected me from the neighborhood that I grew up in um, my family dynamics and things like that, it was more so revelation came. So then I wanted to try to take the knowledge that I learned about the human mind and even myself and try to help other people. So what started off as a sense of self growth, transition into altruism, where I wanted to use that to help other people on their journey. Because a lot of times people don't understand the mechanisms that make them think the way they think and behave the way they behave and feel the way they feel. So a lot of times people are often in survival mode, just acting out, trying to make it through their environment day in and day out. And it either helps them or hinders them. It either progresses them or it pulls them back or it affects their relationships. So as I started to learn these things, like where you grew up at plays a factor in your mental health, your upbringing in your family, um, how you process things in your environment, traumatic situations that you may have come across, those start to affect who you are as a person. I wanted to try to help as many people as I could, but then I noticed that in my research, because a centerpiece of my research is in fact african-american mental health so i always tell people that at Forest therapeutic we can treat all people but we specifically try to target our people for the sheer fact they're not a lot of therapists that look at us the environment that most people who grew up where me and my younger brother grew up we grew up in section eight housing poor on food stamps in washington dc those are traumatizing environments that can reduce a whole lot a myriad of mental health issues and potentially mental health disorders so that's what prompted me to get into mental health a self-development self-knowledge self-growth journey turning into wanting to help as many people as i possibly can which also led me to teaching so i also teach and i've been teaching at the at the collegiate level for over five years so it it grew into that as well wanting to teach and wanting to provide counseling to people
0: yeah like uh, my Are you familiar with the broken windows theory?
1: I've heard it, but I'm not familiar with it.
0: So the broken window theory, uh, without being collegiate, uh, the broken windows theory is in a neighborhood where there's a lot of abandoned houses or a lot of broken windows. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more crime, uh, a lot more impoverishment, a lot less resources, access to resources, And so the broken windows theory is kind of what opened me up to like wanting to help people. Mm. Like so Detroit used to have a program and I don't know if they still have it, but Detroit used to have a program. If you had a nonprofit, they would give you funding to go and develop inside of an impoverished community source inside of that community. Mm. And I think that more places should be like that because what what you Mm. see is we see what bail bonds, Mm -hmm. we see the alcohol, we see um, cash checks, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand cash checks actually cause more debt. Um, But the resources that you see, one are not BIPOC owned Mm -hmm. and two, for some reason, they're plentiful. Yes. And so a lot of design goes into that. And, And that's one of the things, Ultimately, like as a coach, I don't mind doing pro bono or going back to where I'm from to help people to make a connection or do whatever. Like you don't got to go to college, you don't got to do none of that. What you got to do is find a job, become very good at that job,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then if opportunity presents itself, save a boss, then take I that scale it. it.
1: No, Adrian, that's a good point. I agree with that. Those things are all in the community. And that was one of the The goals of Forest Therapeutic was to go back to the same communities that you just described and try to provide a a resource For people in those communities because nine times out of ten We the reason why I say that we don't see a lot of black therapists, let alone male therapists me and my younger brother hear that all the time when people email us and then we do a phone consultation they're always saying we were looking for a male therapist especially a black one for my son for myself i wanted a male's opinion about it you hear these things all the time because of what you just said you don't see them because people who look like us don't take that path that you stated get a job get real good at it and then reinvest into your community we tend to take our skills elsewhere to other communities and the crazy thing is that those check cashing places bail bondsmen, liquor stores they actually see value monetarily in our own communities and i would never forget this agent because you made me think about it as you said it when me and my younger brothers said that we were going to start a black owned mental health practice geared towards black people so many people told us you're never going to make money you're never going to make money um you need to you need to broaden it out mainly when they say broaden it out they were like you need to see white uh clients and more and at the the time we were like well we're not just in it for the money we're actually in it to make a difference right adrian if i can go back i have gone back and told a lot of them they are so wrong there is black people have resources and we have generated a business where there's a difference between creating a job for yourself and creating a business My younger brother has been working full time for Forest Therapeutics for the past two and a half years. He quit his job and has never gone back. 100% sustainable. We have a formula that works. I'm going to work full time for Forest Therapeutics once I finish my doctorate. That way I don't have any additional stressors while I'm going through the process of interviewing my research participants, compiling the data and finishing all out. So we know we've created a job off of marketing towards our own community. So what you said is 100 percent correct if you get a job get a skill you're really good at and if you're passionate about it yes there's up and downs but the downs help you get back up quicker than everything being smooth that's what we learned in our journey yes you,
0: you yeah you it's about it's about just starting where you are and having a plan or mentorship or mm-hmm. coaching or therapy to get you to where you want to go if you mm-hmm. stop viewing your resources as taboo Mm-hmm. Are like you know what I mean like mental health in in, in our community is taboo for, for what <laughs> you know Just, what I mean like yeah. you could tap into that your potential is crazy
1: that is true a lot of times is taboo because people are on the assumption that there's got to be something really wrong with you in order for you to see a therapist and I find myself telling people all the time you can see a therapist for work stress you can see a therapist for a breakup and believe it or not, Adrian, you're right. It is taboo. But me and my younger brother have learned that our generation and younger, they're not as reluctant as the previous generation. And I think it's because the access to social media and so many people who are famous are advocating for like mental health as well. I come across a lot of people who are my age or younger who are really open to the idea of having mental health services. So what was once taboo is I'm I have a positive outlook that it's changing and it's becoming more understandable that, no, you don't have to be, and I'm just going to say it while I'm on the platform, you don't have to have a major crisis to get help. Like, for instance, Adrian, you are using a business to coach people to better themselves. A lot of times I've learned that people just don't know how to access us, or they have a misconception that you got to have a lot of money, or you got to find them in order to do it. I find myself trying to walk people through the process and making it as easy as, as it possibly can be.
0: A lot of it, and you touched on it earlier, is just like the marketing and the publicity. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, everybody has preconceived notions that they can't turn off. So now you get you get your social uh, like tolerances from family, friends, the people you surround yourself with, and that's mm-hmm. why I think the inner circles are so important. So like, if you listen to this podcast, for example, and you hear this episode, and you hear us talking about the black community share it you know what I mean like it's sometimes it's that simple because we're telling you there's avenues of getting stuff done and you don't got to be a millionaire
1: no you do you do not at all
0: it's it's one of those things that all you have to do is be comfortable with asking questions and taking it taking a shot reach out to somebody see see what their rates are see if they offer pro bono see if they got a sliding scale see what options are available and if they don't have them ask them for a recommendation if
1: adrian i'm sorry go right ahead i'm sorry go ahead no i was gonna say you're 100 percent correct i always tell people when i um on my social media platform i try to actually make it real simple for you to understand what to expect little tips that you can use, but also to always let people know that it's as easy as it sounds. It's not too good to be true. You can Google a therapist near you. You can find out how much they charge, if they're taking insurance, if they're not taking insurance, and just call them to see if they will work with you. Because nine times out of 10, people assume, like you just said, you got to have endless amounts of money in order to see a therapist. Now, we at Forest Therapeutics, for example, we have a sliding scale, and the sliding scale is based upon your income. So we'll meet you where you are if you don't have insurance and billing insurance is fairly fairly simple and easy so yes you're right it just requires people to do the research but also i think that i always tell other therapists is that you as a using a business owner mindset you have to be able to market yourself and reach the people in the community as well make yourself accessible to them i tell people you can easily just send me a dm a text message if you were inquiring about therapy or counseling. It doesn't have, it just have to be through a website. It could simply be through a text message. You can have somebody message or DM me on, on your behalf. Hey, I have somebody that needs help. Would you be willing to reach out to them? And we will call you. So I think it's also the onus is on people who have a business that want to help people to reach out to the people and let them know I'm here and easy to get a hold of. Yes,
0: yeah, it's, it's community. like. I'm not so selfish in the fact that like coaching that I need every dollar that comes to me. I don't really care about the dollar. I care about the result. Mm -hmm. So if if we do our discovery session and it ain't going to work, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be like, oh, yes, come back. You know, Uh, I can help you. I'm going to tell you straight up. I don't think that I'm the right person for you. Here are some coaches I know and trust. Maybe meet with them and see if they are compatible with you. I think a lot, if a lot more people are focused like that, it kind of helps with the cognition too, or the perceived notion of what we do, you know what I mean? And, and how real, like how we're real people.
1: Yes. No, that, that part's true. I always tell my clients, don't assume that I know everything about you. You are the subject matter expert of you. I just know a lot about mental health. So whenever I meet with a client, I try to let them know that your buy in and your say so is going to be very, very important in this healing process, because at the end of the day, you know, you better than I ever could. So me being honest and transparent about it, similar to how you were with uh in your coaching sessions, it's very, very important. And it puts the client at ease because they're not going to I don't ever want a client to sit in front of me thinking that I know more about what's going on with you. Than you do and i'm going to tell you how to fix it no you know more about you i'm here to facilitate an environment to help heal and guide and if i have any advice along the way because it's just advice i'm going to give it to you Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's what i like that i try to
0: um you know let people know that they are the most powerful person in their life Mm -hmm. so I'm there, I'm going to ask you questions that your subconscious, I mean, your conscious brain don't let you ask, but your subconscious brain is ready to answer. That's mm-hmm. my whole job. But all of the answers are coming from you. Mm, all the correct. actions and results come from you. The That's only 100% thing I'm doing correct. is guiding it.
1: That is 100% correct. A lot of times um, people don't realize that their experience they might internalize, incorporate them into how they view themselves and it'll manifest when they interact with other people. So in therapy, one approach that I take is that I will allow people to process whatever they want to process. You bring to therapy, whatever you want to talk about, we'll have a treatment plan and we'll have goals, but I don't stay concrete to it or stuck to it. If you want to come to therapy and you want to talk about your day at work, we're going to unpack that because as you process it, there are things that you become aware of by just speaking that you might not have thought about or realized before and it'll be more impactful to you because you came to that discovery as opposed to me just saying it to you i might have an idea about what the issue is and i may be right the majority of the time but it resonates more when you arrive to that destination on your own
0: all right brian so as we wrap up i'm gonna give you a chance to go ahead and let people know Where they can find you a little bit about a forest therapeutics um go ahead i'm gonna turn it over to you i
1: appreciate adrian so if you want to get a hold of us you can always go to our website at foresttherapeutic.org also we have an instagram page called forest therapeutics if you want to get to know a little bit more about me you can follow me on my instagram page at professor b underscore underscore professor underscore underscore b and also if anything you can shoot us an email at brian sutton at forest therapeutic um dot org or send one to my little brother uh lakeith uh Sutton at forest therapeutic.org we're very easy to reach it's not difficult to get a hold of us as a matter of fact i just want everybody to even just have my phone number on this platform so if you're ever looking at this video and you just need someone to talk to as far as inquiring about therapy services or just trying to get a hold of me and just talk to me more about it, you can easily reach me at 202-642-2067. We're not hard to get a hold of. We often try to put things out there, feelers in the community, so people can get a hold of us. Um, It's a a private practice ran by two brothers, Washington, D.C. natives, so we're very familiar with the area in which we provide services at. And honestly, our goal is just trying to help as many people as we possibly can.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Brian, for coming on. Uh, I'm going to have you back on here because I know there's two other things that I want to unpack with you. One of, of them is the boxing. The other one is of the course.
1: pastor.
0: Right. Of I want to meet. I want to meet Brian, the pastor. So would you be willing to come back on here?
1: I would. Yeah, but I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. I'm going to be an ordained minister. I just my oh, pastor. Okay. Trust me. Okay. I, I hear that a lot, Adrian. There's nothing wrong with that. My pastor trusts me in his pulpit because he's trained me for years. And I've been going through the ministry and training program, and I'll be an ordained minister this September. But I would love to come in and talk about that because spiritual growth plays a big part in me understanding mental health as well.
0: Okay, so September. So we see you in October.
1: You will see me in October. That's perfectly fine. I'll be I'll be Minister Sutton by then. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brian. And of course. Oh. Sorry, no. I was gonna say we could, we definitely could talk about the boxing as well.
0: Oh, okay. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been your time, man. It's been a blast. I'm looking forward to having Brian back on here in October, and the great conversations that come with that. So, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to like, uh, so you can get those live notifications. All right, your time, man. Break time's over.